you're interested in strengthening your foundation in the Word, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for First Steps with Pastor Cheetah. Class meets in children's room here at James Rudder. Hope to see you there. If you're single, join us for the 2030s group for an amazing time in October as we head to Dixon for the Cool Patch Corn Maze. The cost is just $12. Let's get together and enjoy some nice cool fall weather and fall fun. Sign up at the back table. Psalms 92.13 says that those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. Are you planted? If you're interested in becoming a member of the ELC family, sign up for our new members class. The next class will be October 25th, right after service. A light lunch will be served. Hope to see you there. Join the mix on October 16th for the Florin vs. Laguna football game. The mix will be traveling to Monterey High School to cheer on some of our mixed football players. See Jessica for more info. Please keep Pastor Sergio Lamone and our Philippines mission team in your prayers as they minister in the Philippine Islands, October 5th to the 12th. Let's also cover Pastor Sergio and his father as they go from there to minister at the Great Christ Cathedral in Jakarta, Indonesia. Elevate Life is reaching the nations. Let's do our part to cover our team in prayer. Join us for this month's Marriage Awakening, October 30th at 7 p.m. as we continue the curriculum, The Story of Marriage by Lisa and John Bevere. This is for all married engaged couples. November 8th, as our special guest at Elevate Life Church, will be Troy Marshall, founder of Lionsgate Leadership and Missions Institute. Don't miss it. It's that time once again where we at Elevate Life can serve the surrounding community on October 31st. In an effort to provide a safe Halloween alternative for families in the community, we are once again hosting our second annual Trunk or Treat event here at James Rudder parking lot from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. We're asking you to sign up for your spot and decorate your trunk. Best decorated spots as voted on by the public will receive first, second, and third prizes. Our last Halloween event was attended by close to 800 local residents. Help us be a light in this community. Sign up today. Amen, amen. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff going on at Elevate Life Church, amen. But today I want to talk to you about three different types of sacrifices. <clears throat> All right, number one. A sacrifice of commitment. Number two, a sacrifice of praise. And number three, an ultimate sacrifice. Number one, a sacrifice of commitment. When I think about commitment, I've been thinking about lately my commitment to go back to school. I've been going back to school and it has not been easy. Uh, Thinking that you graduated from Bible college and you've been in church your whole life, you think that going back to school and learning about the Bible even more may make it a little bit easier, but it hasn't. It's been a sacrifice spending less time with my family and more time in the books. Spending less time with Mrs. Pillow and Mr. Blanket and more time studying the word. I'm also learning Hebrew. And who does that? People who are crazy do that. So learning that right now has not been easy. Writing 15-page term papers. 
in Hebrew, now I'm playing, in English. It's been very, very hard. So the sacrifice of commitment is there because I really, really enjoy going to school. Okay? I saw this in Instagram the other day. I don't know who wrote this, but it was a cool, cool uh, uh, slogan or, or quote. It says, it's a slow process, but quitting won't speed it up. Okay? Let me read that again. It's a slow process, but quitting won't speed it up. And I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know, but I feel it in my spirit to remind you not to quit. Whatever it is that you've been fighting for, don't quit. If it's your marriage, don't quit. If it's your family, don't quit. If it's your kids, the salvation of your family, or whatever it is, don't stop praying. Don't stop fighting. Don't quit. It's easy to quit. Anybody can quit. But it doesn't make the process go by any faster. I want to encourage you guys this morning. Don't quit. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read you guys something that has caused a lot of division in churches throughout the world. Where a lot of people have read these verses and have flipped the script on these verses. Where a lot of men would read these verses, especially the beginning of the verses, which I don't have right now. How it says, how wives, you need to submit to your husbands. I feel a brick spirit here. Now, Pastor Sir just says, right? Okay. <clears throat> now, you got to understand something. The, the Bible is specific. This has nothing to do with my, my sermon, but I want to just, 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 just touch on something real quick. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Okay. I got everybody's attention. It doesn't say women submit to men. It says wives Submit to your husband. So if you're married and you have a husband that loves you, that treats you like a queen, that spoils you, that, that, that is there to communicate with you, that tries, he's imperfect, but he's trying to do these things for you, I think it makes it easier for a wife to submit to her husband. Can I get a witness? Okay? Now with that being said and done, we're going to skip to verses 25 through 35 to 31. And I'm going somewhere, believe me. <clears throat> Let's read it along. If you have your Bibles, turn it there. If not, you can see it up, up on the screen. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Jesus loved the church. And he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands, are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed, they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For, as members of, this, of his body, verse 31, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Amen. God bless his word. So this morning... I'm not here to give you guys a marriage seminar. That's on Friday at the end of the month, October 30th, marriage, sem uh, marriage awakening. If you are married or engaged, we meet here every last Friday of the month. That was for free. All right? <clears throat> what I want to talk to you about is it, it's a sacrifice, a sacrifice of commitment. I know when I, when I talked about marriage, a lot of people just turned off their, their brains, <laughs> closed up their ears. Some even left. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody left, right? <clears throat> but, but this ain't that kind of sermon today. But I want to relate to you 
what, what the Apostle Paul was writing to the people in Ephesus about marriage. The Apostle Paul uses marriage as a metaphor, metaphorically as something compared to worship, okay? Now, as, as, as we have been discussing in the past, worship equals sacrifice. So when you sacrifice, you are worshiping, okay? All right, and we're going to continue with that. It's not worship if it doesn't cost you anything, Pastor Sergio's been saying. So if it don't cost you nothing, then it's not true worship. It's just whatever. But true worship costs you something. The Apostle Paul uses these verses metaphorically to compare marriage to worship. And let me give you an example. Number one, loving someone takes a lot of sacrifice, a lot of self-sacrifice. Loving your husband that leaves his clothes all over the floor, that doesn't wash his dishes or leaves the seat up in the toilet, that's love. If you keep loving that person or if he chews his food with his mouth open, holla, <clears throat> that's love. Or how about this, fellas? Loving your wife so much that you wait for her patiently in the car while she gets ready and hours go by. And the whole game is done and you've been listening to it on the radio. But you still love your wife because she's getting beautiful. Er, she's already beautiful, but more beautiful for you. So your dinner plans are done. Your reservations are done. Your friends are like, where are you guys at? They just had their own lunch. And you skip dinner and go straight to the movies. That's love. I'm just saying, right? How about this? How about loving your wife? <clears throat> When your wife is like, I'm okay, really, I'm okay, I'm fine. And you're like, okay. And you walk away. <laughs> but she really wants you to ask more questions. Like, baby, why'd you walk away from me? Like, you don't care about me? You care more about the game? No, 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 no. You said you were fine. I didn't mean I was fine. I meant I wanted you to ask. That's love. <clears throat> love is sacrificial. Jesus, right? He loved us so much that he died on, on the cross for us. And we'll talk about that later. That's the ultimate sacrifice, right? Love is sacrificial. It's not easy, but it's worth it. In marriage, there's also something called service, to serve each other. That's a word that, it's a term, a terminology, a word in our vocabulary, in our Webster's New World Dictionary that people don't use anymore. Serve. S-E. RV. I'm just kidding. I know how to spell it. Serve. All right. I'm not that old, but I remember back in the day when I was younger, all right, it was cool to say, hey, I got you, bro. I'll pay for you. And let's go out to eat, man. We'll go to Denny's. You know, we get something to eat. The bill comes out to less than 20. I got you, bro. We go to Red Lobster. The bill comes out to 40. And you got me, bro? <laughs> right? Back in the day, it, it was service to, to help each other. I, I, I got the bill. I got you. Or hold on. Let me open the door for you, young lady. Boom. Let, let me pull out the seat for you. It, 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 back in the day, it was normal to serve or to say, man, how many folks can help us out this outreach? And this church does it all the time. And everybody raises, raises up their hand and says, I want to serve. So serving is part of marriage. It's also part of love. You lay your life down for people that you serve. And we talk about the people that sacrifice their lives in the armed forces. They lay their life down to serve our country, 
to serve you and me because we live in this country. So they are laying their lives down. They're serving us. As a husband, I need to be willing to sacrifice it all for my wife. Everything. Her needs should come before my needs. Do they all the time? No. But they should, okay? <clears throat> if she wants to watch a musical and I want to watch football, guess what we're doing? We're watching, we're watching a musical. <laughs> it's been difficult lately because I don't have a DVR anymore. But DVR, I'm telling you guys, it saved my marriage in the beginning. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it did help, all right? <clears throat> in the same way, God's plan for you and me, his desires for my life and for your life come before my own desires. Whatever God wants for me, God's desires come first. They come first because I'm serving him. My worship to him is that God is my priority. My priority is him, not everybody else. That is why it says that God is the center of my life, okay? He is in the center my wife is here, my son is here, my friends are here, my family's here, my church is here, I'm here, but God is in the center. And when he's in the center, everything lines up. And when you understand that you are second and he is first, everything begins to make more sense and it's easier to serve, okay? Another thing, Ephesians 5.31 says, for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother, and he will be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Now check this out. I was reading this, and it just blew my mind. In the same way, when you leave your mother and your, and your father to cleave to your husband and to your wife, you guys ready for this? You are leaving the source of your flesh. Your mom gave birth to you. Birth, not birth, but birth. She gave birth to you. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about in South Sac. That's how we say birth, okay? <clears throat> so she gave birth to you, your dad. They raised you, they, they, and you leave your source of your flesh to become united with your wife. In the same way, you leave your husband and your, and your, your mom and your, and your dad to be together with your wife and your husband. You leave your fleshly attitude in order to worship God in spirit and in truth. You leave the source of your flesh I don't want to worship God because I don't feel like it. I don't want to serve because I don't want to do it. So-and-so didn't say hi to me. Pastor didn't say high five to me. I wasn't given props. Nobody liked my picture on Instagram or, or on Facebook, so I don't want to worship this morning. No. You leave your fleshly desires outside, and you cleave to Jesus, and you begin to worship him for who he is and not for what he does. So it's not about what you want but it's about what he wants, a sacrifice of commitment. It's a sacrifice to be committed to say no to your friends on Friday nights because God's changed your life. It's a sacrifice to say, no, I'm not going to get drunk no more because I don't live like that no more. It's a sacrifice of commitment to stay faithful to your wife, to your husband, when everybody else is throwing themselves at you and say, no, my eyes, my life belong to my wife belong to my husband it's a sacrifice of commitment and when you love God and when you worship him in spirit and in truth and you have a true worship it is your commitment a sacrifice to say God I will worship you in the good I will worship you in the bad I will worship you in the ugly because of my commitment 
to you and I give you praise and I give you honor. How many of you guys are tracking with me this morning like Pastor Sergio would say? A sacrifice of praise, number two. Our God, before we continue, I want to get something straight. Our God is a speaking God. In the book of Genesis, we read that God spoke everything into existence. Without his word, nothing was made or nothing was brought to life. He spoke it and it was so. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right, when he said, let there be light, boom, there was light. When everything began to form, it was because of his command, because of his word. He was a speaking God. John 1, 1, verses 1 through 3 says, John says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Did I confuse you this morning? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. We understand that the word was Jesus. So in the beginning of it all, Jesus was there. In our first steps class, we learned about this this morning. About that we believe in God being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to teach you guys something right now. There's three in one. I like that. Three in one. That's what happens when you go to Bible school. You learn some stuff like that. Since the beginning, the word Jesus himself was with God, and all things were made through God. So the word was there in the beginning. God is big on praise because he is a speaking God. Because he is a speaking God, he demands a speaking praise. All right? God doesn't just want you to clap your hands. He doesn't just want you to bob your head or move side to side, but he wants you to speak. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifice God is pleased. Continually. Continually. C-O-N-tinually. <laughs> not sometimes or when you feel like it, but all the time, all right? Now, now, the question is, what is the sacrifice of praise? I am so glad you asked. What is a sacrifice of praise? Before I answer that question, let's talk about some other stuff real quick. Let me give you guys a quick illustration real quick, a little similarities. See, praise thanks God for what he did. God, thank you for my new house. Thank you for my healing. Oh, yes, thank you, Jesus, for my wife. I thank you, Jesus, for my car. I thank you, Jesus, for my church. I thank you, Jesus, for the 49er, <clears throat> for Niners. I thank you, Jesus, for that clock that's working. I thank you, Jesus, for the weather. That's praise. You're thanking God for what he did. Now, let me explain what worship is. Worship says, even if I don't get that raise, I'm still going to worship you. Even if my friend is still sick and I've been praying forever for his healing, I'm still going to worship you. Even if everyone at my job is talking about me, I'm still going to worship you. Even if I lost my job, I'm still going to worship you. Even if my marriage is going through it, I'm still going to worship you. Catching my drift? See, when you worship God, it's not about what he can do it's about who he is. Because at the end of the day, you are still God. And we worship God in spirit and in truth. Now that 
is a sacrifice of praise. We are not worshiping God for what he is doing. We are worshiping him for who he is. See, it's not what he can do, but who he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This reminds me of the story in the book of Daniel. Of the three Hebrew men who were close friends with Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were their Babylonian <clears throat> slave names, but they were put inside this, this, uh, 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 this furnace of fire because they didn't want to bow down. And, and, and then uh, the king, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, you need to bow down to my statue, to me. Bow down to me and you will live. And out of everybody and their mom, these three men were like, nope. I'm not going to bow down to you. I only bow down to one person. That's God. So they picked him up. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was upset. He's like, put the furnace even more hotter. And the Bible says that as people went up to open the furnace, people were dying because there was so much fire. It was so hot. People were dying. And the Bible says that before they went in there, he asked them one more time, please, I don't want to do this to you. Just bow down to me. You know what they said? What's so amazing? They said, listen, even if my God does not rescue us from this furnace, we still will not burn. We still will not bow down for you. How amazing is that? That even if God doesn't do anything again in your life or in my life, from all the stuff that he's done in the past, <clears throat> how great is it to, say, to understand and say, man, God, because of what you did before, I'm good with that. Because I don't worship you for what you're doing in my life. I worship you because of who you are. You are a healer. You are a restorer. You are God. You are the God of all gods. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are here. You are there. You are the same today, tomorrow, and forever. You are the God of all gods. And because of that, I will worship you in spirit and in truth. It's not what he can do, but who he is. It's a command from God. To give him a sacrifice of praise. We must bring him an offering, a sacrifice, the Bible says. No matter how many people are around you praising God or beside you, they can't praise God for you. You got to open your mouth and give him praise. You can be in church and say, God, I'm here. All right, leave me alone. Worship's going on. I'm lifting up my hands. I'm moving my feet. I'm bobbing my head. Everyone in church is worshiping, but it doesn't matter because they can't praise him for you. You need to open your mouth and give God a praise, a speaking praise. You need to open your mouth and profess his name. You must bring him a speaking praise because there is power in the tongue. Luke 6.45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in here comes out through here. So you have to understand that your tongue what you profess is powerful, is very powerful. What you tell people will impact them for the rest of their life. So you have to understand what you're saying is powerful. So God says, instead of bringing him an animal, you bring him a praise. You bring him a hallelujah. You bring him a glory to God. Okay? So you have to understand something. We have to offer him a live offering. Don't ever bring God a dead hallelujah. Never. So you got to understand, back in the day, when the priests would give sacrifices, there were specific things they had to do to give sacrifices. Number one, it had to be a male. A male goat, a male sheep, 
It had to be a bull, okay? It had to be an animal when they gave a sacrifice without blemish. It couldn't be an animal that had three legs or an animal that was dying. It had to be a healthy animal. And what's crazy about this stuff that many people would raise their animals, which made it harder to sacrifice. It became their pet. It became their 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 their, their schmucky or their 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 chato or their Shakira. We had a dog named Shakira. All right. So when they would raise the animal, it would make it even much more difficult to give it up to God to sacrifice it. Another thing also that I was reading, <clears throat> that the animal was worth more because they were ready to be productive. They were ready to, to reproduce. They were ready to, to become even more in the farms where they were at. So the older the animal got, the healthier, the stronger, the more money people would pay for these animals. That is why they called it a sacrifice. Not just because they were going to kill the animal, but because it was a sacrifice to give it up to God. Say, God, I know I need my forgiveness of my sins, but here is the bull that I've raised since he was a baby, since he was a, a little one, who's ready, who's strong, who helps me in my farm. I'm giving it up to you, God, to sacrifice it because it's very expensive and it's close to my heart. Just like these people who were sacrificed their live offerings to God, we have to be the same way and give them a sacrifice of praise. The thing about what's interesting about these animals is that none of these animals were dead. They were alive. They were healthy. They would fight sometimes, but they would bring them to the altar and they would sacrifice this healthy, beautiful animal to God for the redemption of their sins. How many thank God that we don't have to do that anymore? That, that, that this, this altar is not full of blood. Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. In the same manner, we give to God a, a sacrifice of praise, even when it hurts or it makes you look strange. If you can help me out, J-Roll. <clears throat> if you guys can turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 48, I want to give you guys a quick story <clears throat> about this blind man named Barnabas. Bartimaeus, the Bible says, in Mark chapter 10, before I read the verses that I'm going to read, it says <clears throat> that he was a son of Timaeus. And if you look at the word Timaeus, Timaeus means a son of a blind man. So what that means is that Barnabas, this blind man, his grandpa was a blind man, he was a, his dad was a blind man, and now Barnabas was a blind man. So for three generations... In his family, people were blind. People couldn't see. People were, 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 were messed up. And back in the day, people would, would, would figure, they would say, if you're blind, it's because you are being punished for your sins. So people were thinking, man, blind Barnabas must have done something to deserve this. All right? Or, or Barnabas' dad must have done something to deserve this. Or his grandfather. So they were a, a family that was born blind. And at this time, Jesus was coming into Jericho. Okay, and during this time, Jesus was already very popular. People knew who Jesus was. He, was. he was famous. He had a Twitter. He had an Instagram. He was on Snapchat. Holla. <clears throat> he, he, he was known. So when blind Barnabas heard that Jesus was coming, he was like, this is my chance. I need to do whatever it is that I need to do in order for him to get my attention because I need to see. I'm not going to live my life like my father like my grandfather, 
this generational curse is going to be broken today. So verse 10, 46 through 48 says, chapter 10, says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples uh, together with the large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Barnabas, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. He was begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. As I was reading this scripture and as I was studying this for, for Sunday, for today, I began to think about the word shouts. And I've preached a sermon before on, on shouting. And it was, it was cool. It was awesome. But what got me interested about blind Barnabas was that blind Barnabas was shouting. Okay, number one, he was blind. So he didn't care what people thought about him. He didn't see the people's faces. All he cared about was getting the attention of Jesus. No, 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 no. Follow with me. He was shouting. And he was saying, son of David, have mercy on me. Yo, son of David. Wherever you're at, have mercy on me. I heard you're leaving Jericho, but before you leave, I'm here. Please, I'm over here somewhere. Please have mercy on me. He called him son of David. You have to understand something. People that called Jesus son of David knew who Jesus was. This was stuff that happened from the Old Testament because he came from the bloodline of David, King David. So that was the bloodline that he came from. So that was history. So what that meant was that Barnabas knew of Jesus. He didn't just knew of him by people talking. He knew that Jesus was a healer. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the one that died. <coughs> Excuse me. The one to heal the people, the one that was going to die and in three days rise again. The same word that was in the beginning with God was walking in Jericho. So he was like son of David. The same word that was in the beginning. Yo, son of David. The same word that was there when God created the heavens and the earth. Yo, son of David. The one that Isaiah prophesied about. Yo, son of David. The one that's going to heal me today. Yo, son of David. Have mercy on me. He was shouting. And I want to tell you this morning that even before his healing, blind Barnabas was worshiping. He was worshiping God. He was giving him praise even before he healed him. He was like, yo, son of David, even if you don't hear me, I'm going to worship you. Yo, son of David, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. I need a healing in my life. I've been blind. My grandpa's been blind. My father's been blind. And, they, they, and they've died blind. I don't want to be like my family. Have mercy on me, son of David. The Bible says that people told him to be quiet. Shh. Barnabas, go over there and, and, and be quiet, please. But the Bible says that he didn't pay attention to the critics. He shouted even more. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't let no one stop you from shouting Jesus. Don't let no one stop you from believing that God can do a miracle in your life, with your family, with your marriage, with your neighborhood, with your kids. God is still in the business of doing miracles. And don't let nobody, even people that love you, stop you from worshiping God. We got too many people that care about you, yes. But they're like, yo, yo, calm down, Jesse. Shh, shh, shh. Calm down, Sonia. It's not, it's all right. 
calm down, Harold. Just, just, you know, worship God, but just a little bit. Like Pastor Sergio said, but don't go too far. Oh, you're helping out the church again? Come on. You're doing the outreach again? Man, Rob, you're doing the sound again? So you got too many people that care about you, but sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. Don't let nobody stop you from being the full person that God's called you to be. He was shouting, and yes, he was looking strange. He was looking weird, but it didn't matter because he wasn't shouting at the people. He was shouting at Jesus. He wanted to get the attention of Christ, the son of David. The Bible says that as Jesus was walking, he stopped. They were leaving the city, which means Jesus was done with his miracles. He was like, yes, let's go home, watch some ESPN, get some wings going, man, get some barbecue going, get some of that homemade Kool-Aid from what's-her-name, and, and, and let's hang out. The disciples were like, yes, they're texting their wife, we're about to be home, babe, don't forget to heat up those tortillas for me, all right, I'll see you later. And they were all having a good time, then they're hearing, son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, Jesus, let's get on going. <laughs> the game starts in about 15 minutes, and Jesus was walking, all of a sudden, son of David, have mercy on me. And P Peter and John were like, yeah, the Lakers, man, about to lose against the Kings. <laughs> That's right, man. This is our season. Jesus. Hold on. The Bible says that he said, call him. Call that guy over here. Man, his life was about to be changed forever. We have to understand that even though it seems like God's not listening, keep shouting. Keep worshiping. He is the God that listens. He is the God of a speaking God. He likes to speak. He likes to hear. And he likes to do. Everyone was telling him it's too late. People may be telling you it's too late, but it's not too late. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop praying. Don't stop because you can't stop. He sees your sacrifice. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us Ephesians 3.20 people told him to be quiet but he didn't let that stop him he had a sacrifice of praise and with this I conclude with this I conclude with the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate sacrifice was one person one man who laid his life for you and for me who didn't just say it who didn't just write it, but who lived it, who suffered, who was hung on a cross for you and for me because he loved us, because we blew it. Thank you, Adam. Adam blew it, and because of that, Jesus said, all right, I'm going to take care of this for the people that I love. Romans 5 says that even before we knew him, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. How amazing is that? even before it all he knew that we were going to blow it but he still died for us with every head bowed and eye closed this morning God wants you to give him your sacrifice of praise your sacrifice of commitment because he did it all he laid it on the cross <laughs> with every head bowed and eye closed this morning if you are here and you feel like blind Barnabas, man, you're shouting. You're worshiping. You're calling it before you even see it, but you're getting tired. People are telling you, man, just stop it. It's too late. You feel like it's too late. 
there's been no, no, no evidence that God is hearing you. You feel so far away from him. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep pressing in. Keep worshiping. If that is you this morning, I want you to come up to the front and I want to pray for you. I want, I want to have the honor of praying for you this morning. If you feel in your heart that you need more of God, you need some encouragement this morning, <clears throat> come up to the front. It takes one person to start it and then everyone else follows. So if that's you this morning, come up to the front. Amen. Anybody else? This is the sacrifice of praise that we're talking about. God is not done with you. God is just getting started. Anybody else? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you could just, everybody stand up with me this morning. If you guys can just stretch your hands out to these these soldiers that are here in front of us. Let's pray. God, we just thank you this morning. And I thank you for Caesar. God, I thank you for Kate. Thank you for Sonia, for Lita. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. God, I just pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus for all those that are here in the front. That you remind us, God, that, that you're not done with us yet. I pray, God, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you just continue to remind us to continue to worship you, God, to continue to seek you and to not give up, Lord, to not stop fighting for you, God, that we will give you a sacrifice of praise, Lord. I know people have said it's too late. People have said it's over, but it's just begun. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would feel these people right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would move in their lives, God, That you would remind them, God, to keep on worshiping and to give you a speaking praise right now in the name of Jesus. So, God, we just give you all honor and give you all praise right now for what you're doing and for what you're going to do, God. Encourage those that are discouraged. God, let them fight the good fight right now in the name of Jesus. Let them push forward, God, and not backward. Let them know, God, that you are with them and not against them right now in the name of Jesus. So, God, we just give you praise and honor and glory. And as they're up here in the front, if you are here... And you don't know who Jesus is. And you want to accept Christ into your life. I want you to come up to the front and I want to pray with you. If you say, man, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with, if something would happen to me. But I want to give my life to Christ. The Bible says if you, confess your, if you confess to God with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So if that's you this morning and you want to accept Christ into your heart and live a new life. A life of, 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 of not perfectness but a life next to Christ, which is all we want. I want you to come up to the front, and I would like to pray for you this morning. If that is you, amen. You can come over here. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? I mean, we have to understand, church, man, that this is, and I've said this before, this right here is why we set up the chairs in the morning. It's why we set up the curtains that, and, you know, it's why we, Rob wakes up super early to put the sound together. It's for souls, souls that need Christ, souls that need breakthrough right here in the front. So if you guys can just stretch out your hands again, and everybody repeat after me, say, Jesus, 
I love you. I ask that you come into my life. I accept you into my life. I believe you died for me, but you rose on the third day. I confess all my sins to you. Today I live for you and for you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. And um, if anybody can raise your hand and tell me, confess, that earlier this morning when we were praying for you, you felt God's hand on you, or you felt God heal you. And so we're going to close out the service right now, and Pastor Chita is going to continue to pray for them. And I'm just going to ask that if you felt God's hand upon you this morning, if you felt God touch you and you believe that he healed you, you know what? We're, we're, we believe that God's word works. And so we're going to show out. We're going to give that sacrifice just like Cheeto was talking about, that we believe God's word works. So if God touched you this morning, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to come up here. We're going to go ahead and close out the service. We're going to release you guys, continue to pray for the team to get home safely. But if God's hand was on you, you felt God touch you, I'm going to ask you to come up. And if there's anybody else in this house that has sickness in your body, you're dealing with pain of any kind, I don't have to call it out. We don't. It doesn't have to be called out. You just believe that God's word works, and so you go after it. So if you have sickness in your body and you're dealing with anything, come up. And those of you who felt God touch you, you're going to pray for them to be healed. All right? Amen. We bless you guys. Thank you for coming today. Come back next Sunday. You're going to hear about all the things that happened in the Philippines. We bless you guys.